This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Nicola Harmon designs and makes mulberry silk accessories for women and children. So I first came across Nicola on Instagram and was so excited to invite her onto the podcast. Nicola actually runs her business alongside a full-time job um, and it's fascinating. I don't know how she has enough hours in the day to do what she does. Um, This is a really interesting conversation about running a handmade business um, and you also learn a lot about silk and the properties of silk as well, which I knew nothing about and personally found quite interesting. So I really hope you enjoy this interview you and um, I'll now introduce you to Nicola. So hi Nicola, thank you so much for being here. Hi Vicky. So nice to talk to you. So can we please start by you giving introductions to yourself, your business and what you sell? Yeah of course, so hi my name's Nicola. Um, I'm the owner of Silk Jasmine and I hand make and sell accessories for women and children um, such as like hair scrunchies, headbands, eye masks, face masks, and that range is sort of growing all the time as well. Oh, thank you. And actually, we got connected via Instagram, and I've seen all of your products, which just look lovely and gorgeous. And I didn't actually realise until I looked into a bit more that you actually had made them all, which is, yes. yeah, <laughs> had no idea until I actually sort of looked into you a little bit more. So could you um, maybe tell us of how and why you, you started your business? Because I mean, I obviously have, have sort of done a bit of reading and I know your story but I think it'd be really interesting to share. Yeah of course um so I first sort of got into sewing and brought my first sewing machine probably around sort of 11 or 12 years ago possibly longer um firstly just because I'm only five foot two and I was just so fed up of sort of paying to have all my trousers and and jeans and things turned up um and then it just quickly sort of grew from there really just in to really really enjoying and finding it quite therapeutic sort of learning a new hobby um and yeah it quickly grew and I made my own clothes and eventually sort of went on to lingerie as well which is much much trickier um and then life just got in the way like it does really and it got pushed to one side and collected dust um and then I got divorced moved house and yeah, things just really got in the way. Um, and then along came COVID and I started to make scrubs for my local hospital and, and then face masks 
sort of the friends and and family and it just really reminded me how much I really loved loved that process and loved sewing and then in March 2020 so in that first sort of lockdown um, I wasn't working much at that point and started to sort of play around with some of my fabric stash so I'd sort of through sewing had built up quite a quite a big stash of all different sorts of materials um, and then I read an article about the benefits of of silk for the hair and the skin and started to do a little bit of research. Um, I've worked as a beauty therapist for over 10 years, sort of prior to that career change. Um, so I'd always been interested in, in skincare um, and in having my own business as well. So I've sort of dabbled in various different things and network marketing um, and learned quite a lot through that. And so, yeah, the business really developed from there. So really, so that wasn't that long ago then, really, because I mean, we were causing this in May 2021. So you started sort of picking up your sewing machine again, as it were, in March. When did it sort of transition from making things for your hospital and for friends and family to actually creating products that you were selling? When did that happen? The website went live in August. Yeah, in August oh. 2020. So I'm less less than a, a year old at the moment. Um yeah and so I started sort of planning and thinking about it in March and then a little bit more in May and then in the summer um because I work in in education so I was off for the six weeks holiday at that point so I'd worked a little bit back in the school just for teaching the key stage sort of bubbles that we had then um and then I was off for the for the summer and that's when things quickly grew and then launched launched the website which I built myself so I was really proud of that in in August. Wow it seems to me that you did that really quickly and also what an excellent use of your summer holiday that's amazing I mean I guess you haven't got any time off but wow no No. and we'll we'll talk a bit later about how you sort of run the business alongside your day job but one thing I'd like to go back to if that's okay is you mentioned that you started looking into the benefits of silk I know nothing about this so do you mind just sharing for us like why silk is so good for your skin and your hair? Yeah, of course. Um, So I use something called um, mulberry silk, um, and that's sort of one of the highest qualities that you can get. And it's produced by the Bombyx mori moth, which are fed an exclusive diet of mulberry leaves. And that's why it's called mulberry silk. Um, But it's it has like natural amino acids. um, So they are hydrating on the technical side, Um, but it doesn't. So for the hair, it doesn't leave dents. It doesn't pull and snag um you know it's hydrating so again for the skin it's also hydrating it's naturally antibacterial um it's also naturally hypoallergenic it doesn't absorb your skin creams as well so whereas cotton is quite absorbing if you were wearing an eye mask and putting on those eye creams or sleeping on on a silk pillow because it doesn't absorb the creams your skin is then absorbing the, the product properly Um, which allows them to then work properly it also has anti-aging properties again because of those amino acids and less sleep wrinkles as well so when you're sleeping on silk just because it's not pulling and dragging on the skin um, definitely less sleep wrinkles when you wake and it's also great for those um, because it's antibacterial great for people who suffer with acne and eczema um it has so many benefits it's temperature regulating as well 
Um, so it keeps you warm and, and cozy in the winter, but cooler in the summer. Uh, it dries quickly. There is such a, a huge, huge list of, yeah, great, great positives for using silk. I had no idea about it. Apart from this pillowcase, I've heard of silk pillowcases because it's on my list of things I probably need to need to get now I'm sort of getting old. <laughs> I keep thinking, oh, a silk pillowcase would be nice because I wake up with like flyaway hair and wrinkled skin. Um, so I think I've been looking at silk pillowcase, but I had no idea about the other benefits. And what's really interesting is I sell bamboo products and bamboo and silk have got so many similarities when you were saying that I was thinking I had no idea how similar they are in terms of their properties um I knew nothing about silk before speaking to you apart from that it feels nice so that's thank you for sharing that and um that's a really that's really nice actually to know so much about the product as well I think and and the material that they're made from so I guess how did you go from making face masks to I guess what I'm trying to say is where did you get the inspiration? How did you know, okay, I'm going to go from face masks to let's say scrunchies and some of the other products that you sell. Um, where did, how did you decide what to go with? Cause obviously you sell quite a range now. Um, so one of the first things that I created was um, a skinny hairband, so like a skinny version of a scrunchie that can go on your wrist. Um, I'm someone that's always constantly taking their hair up and down. So I'm not someone that really puts their hair up in an elaborate way and stays there for the whole day. I teach quite a lot of PE. And so it's, it's up and down sort of through the day. Um, and I just wanted something that was a bit more attractive that I could keep on my wrist rather than those sort of horrible elastic sort of type bands, mm. which also just really bad for your hair. Um, but I actually first started playing around with a headband, um, which I didn't create from silk at that point because silk hasn't got any stretching. And so I knew that I liked the headband that I made, but at that point it was sort of put to one side because it just worked more with, with cotton. Um, and so the first product that I created was the, the silk scrunchie, the thin scrunchie on the wrist. And that really was just by sort of doing some searching. Um, so from a competitor sort of pop, popped up in my Instagram, I think possibly a, a sponsored ad and sort of, ah, you know, that, that was something that I was looking for. Um, and then couldn't really see at that point. However, if I'd probably done some more research, it's, I guess it always works or you think you've got a, a sort of a niche product and then actually that's, that's not always the way. Um, but yeah, so just inspired really by another company and the fact that I wanted to, to have a, a headband that I could also wear on my wrist that didn't look quite so, so horrible as those elastic band type things. Oh, thank you. And um, how about after that? So what, what products came next and how did you come up with those? Yeah, so it was the, the normal size scrunchie. So the skinny band and the scrunchie, they were the first products that I started with. Um, and then because of then learning about the properties of silk, the eye mask was the next thing and it really has been trial and error so I'm not particular I'm not fashion trained um it has just come from a hobby that has built up and and then gained experience through there so a lot of trial and error really so um researching and then playing around with patterns making them up you know testing them thinking oh that needs to be a little bit longer or that's not quite covering the eyes um and so the next product then was the eye mask or the sleep, I call it a sleep mask, but I've noticed that lots of other companies do, do call them eye masks. So I have to be careful 
um, you know, what words I use so that people know what I mean when I say a sleep mask. Okay, thank you. And so how much impact have you had from sort of customers or what part of, the, of your customers played in deciding which products come next and maybe which ones you do in different colours? Have they had much of an impact into that? Cool. So I, I think mainly on social media, I use Instagram the most. Um, and so I do get messages from friends and from customers as well now as you build up, as you, you know, sort of build up that relationship. Um, so, for example, not long ago, I made a, a children's silk headband. So I use that knowledge that I've got from from the elastic of the small band into the back of the headband. Um, and then people are like, oh, I, I want one. You know, I can't, when were you doing an adult version? Um, so, yes, I just really from customers and friends messaging me and saying, when will you bring this out? I had a friend say, when are you going to bring silk pillowcases out? They're such a big thing at the moment. Um, so, yes, they have played quite a big part in what, which product I think about and bring out next. That's really nice because you do have yeah, quite a range now actually so it, and it's nice that I guess you can keep expanding and trying new things and and also that you can be responsive to what people are asking you for as well yeah got lots I've always got something sort of one or two products um you know in the pipeline it's just finding that sort of time to, to keep up with it with everything but I've just launched a, a silk aromatherapy eye pillow um and that's going really well um and yeah, as well as friends, it comes from, I guess, my need as well. So for that, for example, was created that um, I was having some problems with my eyes and was diagnosed blepharitis and sold this really rubbish sort of heat mask. Um, and so that product, you know, grew from from my need of needing something for, for sore eyes um, and relaxation. So, yeah, yeah, lots, lots of different input from different people. That's really good. And I think as well that products have to meet a need and it doesn't matter if it's your own need because you just, like, I think any need that we have, there's going to be other people with exactly the same needs as us because none of us are as unique as we think we are in that sense. Do you know what I mean? And I think making a project to meet your own need is fantastic because you kind of then know, okay, who's actually the customer for this? Yeah, definitely. And so where are you um, selling your products as well as your website? Because as I mean, you've mentioned Instagram and I've seen you've got a lovely Instagram and um, do, you, do you get tend to get sales from there or anywhere else? Yeah. yeah. So social media wise, I'm on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, and yeah, so my main website, Instagram, Facebook, and then just recently started on Pinterest as well, although I'm still still learning with that. So lots to learn there. Um, I'm also in um, a local gift shop as well, um, just a couple of villages away from me. And I'm also online in some other gift online gift stores as well. Oh, that's amazing. And I didn't. And wow, considering like you've been going for just a few months, really, that's amazing that you've managed to get stocked in so many places. And if you don't mind me asking this, how how did you manage to get your products into the gift shops? Um, well, the gift shop actually was in a village that I used to live in before moving to the one that I'm in now. And it was a gift shop that I used to to go in all the time. Um, and then that closed down for a little while and then was due to open unfortunately when when covid sort of started and um, and i was on instagram and noticed that that gift shop under a different name was reopening and i 
know one of the ladies that own it, not very well, but just from, from popping in and being in that village. And so I followed her account and messaged and wasn't even really thinking about it at that point, but she then suggested, you know, I really like the look of your products and, and maybe you could, yeah, get them into her store. So I was really, yeah, really, really pleased about that. Oh, that's amazing. And what about the online gift stores? Have you had to sort of approach people or have, have you been lucky and had people sort of want to stock them? That, yeah, with those, I was lucky that they um, did approach me. Um, but I have, I have also approached other people and just said, oh, you know, really like your gift shop. I think my product would sit well. And, you know, some people don't get back at all. And yeah, it's just that gradual sort of build up really. But I was quite lucky with the other online gift shops that they approached me. Um, I'm also on um, a local, I think, yeah, as well as Cambridgeshire, I think they're also in Brighton and London, um, a group called the Click It Local. Okay. Um, yeah, that was something I... I saw and approached them, um, which is a great service um, because you can buy products from all different sorts of shops. So whether that's food or gifts or plants, and it's such a great service because they come to my house, collect the gifts, and then they take it to the customer the next day. Um, so it's a really, really great service. So the customer can order all sorts of different things and having have them delivered to their house yeah, very, very quickly from all over Cambridge. Oh, that's amazing and fantastic. You're stocked in so many, in so many places now. And I think it just goes to show that sometimes you just have to ask. Definitely, well. definitely. Nothing wrong with asking, no. So we've, we've talked about time, a few, uh, sort of we've touched on the, sort of the time it takes to run the business. Now, I know that you mentioned that you have a day job, so we're, which is why we're recording this in the evening. Um, so how do you run the business alongside having a, what I presume is a, a full-time day job? How do you find the time and how do you stay organized and sort of balanced too? Um, Cause I know you mentioned you're a mum as well. So you've got a lot on your plate. How, how are you doing it? I don't really know is the answer. <laughs> um, it is a real, real juggle. Obviously when I started, I was off work and then had the summer. Um, so I wasn't quite as prepared to be as busy as I am. Um, so it, it is a real, real, real juggle. I think in one word, uh, lists, that's my, my go-to thing and the only way I can keep on top of things. My children are older now. I've got one at university and one just finished at college off um, going off to university. So I've definitely got more, more time there and I could not imagine doing this with working and having um, young children as well. So at least when I come home, I haven't got to sort of worry about them so much. It is just, just myself. Um, but the main main thing is lists. So I have lists on my phone and I break that down into um, home tasks, business tasks, urgent home, urgent business. And then I always have a sewing list and I just tick off and I do only the important things really. And then that to do list just gets longer and longer and longer. And yeah, I, I definitely feel overwhelmed at different points um, and different apps as well. I just started to look into try and schedule things because I don't do that at the moment. Um, and so my social media content can be a bit of a, a bit, a bit gappy. Um, I know I should be doing it more and regularly. And sometimes I will have a, a, a bit of a break just because it's so hard to, to keep up, but I'm getting better at managing and, and knowing that I can only, you know, do what I can. Um, 
yeah but it is 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 a real juggle <laughs> but obviously it's something that you really enjoy yeah yeah really really enjoy and I am I am a super organized person which I'm sure sort of helps um but it, it is always a a real a real juggle um I've popped possibly at the stage now where I need to get someone to help me so I've just bought a new new sewing machine recently and the plan is to get my mum on board as well um, because that's the hardest thing with sewing my own all my own things is that it does take up quite a lot of time and I've reached the stage where I've just I haven't got any stock so I'm constantly playing catch up and that is really 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 tricky to keep on top of so yeah the job in half term next week is to get my mum on board so she's she's fantastic at that kind of thing and I'm yeah hope to see her and get her to help me she's already helping with some cutting out so cutting out the products at least then if I'm come home from work I haven't got to start the process right from the beginning okay so you could yes if the patterns are cut you just sew them I mean I say just I, I obviously you can really <laughs> tell how little I know but you can sew them without having to cut as well yeah because silk is notoriously slippery I couldn't have chosen a a harder material to start (laughs) with um so it does take quite a lot of time to sort of set up and you have to layer it in you know newspaper or tissue um so the cutting process is also quite quite lengthy so it really it really does help that you have only just got to sew it yeah Yeah. and and I assume that you know you're doing everything else yourself so sending out the products and doing your social media and your website and all the other things it's it's just never-ending I don't think you realize when you start a small business just how much is involved um yeah I mean just keeping up the website and as I'm learning you know about that more technical technical side with the SEO there is just always something to think of you know from the packing up the going to the post office designing the website photography social media so yeah there are so many things to to consider but I do I do love all of that um yeah just possibly need a little bit of help now yeah and I know I'm with you I really actually like being busy it kind of suits me but I think what I have to and I don't know if you can sometimes relate that sometimes I have to be watch that I'm not getting busy doing things that I don't have to be doing um because obviously I guess the, the priority is products are made products are sold and posted but I think you can find yourself going down so many rabbit holes and you know deciding you're gonna you need to absolutely do this I last summer I ended up spending a long time on Pinterest um which I don't think I needed to do in hindsight it just seemed really urgent at the time um getting well, everything on there same completely the same you can start off the social media is just awful for that you know you start looking at posts obviously it's so important to to support other small businesses and I always feel bad that I've missed out on people's posts and stories because I love you know hearing about their businesses as well but you you start on Instagram or Pinterest Pinterest like you said is 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 terrible for that that you start and before you know it, you've lost easily hours if you're not careful it's just scrolling (laughs) yeah and I think it's just hard to resist that temptation to be everywhere I decided I had to get all of my you know all of my things onto Pinterest which I did and I don't actually think it made any kind of a difference really um and so now it's sort of just Instagram and and that's it because I think the temptation is to do everything and be everywhere and sort of put more on your plate I don't know um not manageable is it really to do all of those things and 
one's my favorite. <laughs> I'm sure people can, re- can relate to all of this though. So how, um, just logistically then, do you make orders as they come in or do you try and have stock already made? Yeah. How are you managing that? So to start with, when before I launched the business over that summer, I, I only had three colors at that point and three products. So the sleep mask, the large scrunchie and the skinny scrunchie. Um, and, and so I've got my three, three colors and I did make stock in all of those things. And so to start with that, that really, really helped. Um, but now I haven't, I haven't got any stock because I cut it out. So the last half term, I thought, okay, I'm going to get ahead of myself. And I was involved in one of the, uh, a pop-up as well, pop-up shopping event, which I'd done previously in the November and it went really well. So I knew I needed to be organized. So I spent a whole of my last half term sort of cutting out and getting everything ready, starting to sell, um, you know, create those, those products. But as soon as I was doing that, I was getting orders coming in. So um, I've just never managed to get on, on top of, of creating stock. And so that is definitely the next thing I, I need to do. I mean, it's helped in that I haven't wasted anything, um, but it, it doesn't make it easy at all. <laughs> and then if you get big orders come in, I'm just then super stressed. Oh, but it's nice. I guess in the way, though, it is nice that you can say everything is bespoke, made to order, maybe. <laughs> so there's pros and cons. Yeah, I think I've only I've never really had any sales, but I have got a couple of products in the sale. And that was just because I made that initially that stock. And then as I've grown and my experience and my sewing, everything has improved. I'm just super, super fussy. And I think, oh, I prefer that now to how it was then. And um, yeah, things things change and change all the time. No, but that's good though, isn't it? And it's good to keep sort of evolving and learning and things like that. Um, So obviously we've touched on the fact that you love your business and I think you would have to love it to, you know, spend the time on it that you do. So what are some of the things that, you know, that you you enjoy about it? So definitely the creative side and and the sewing the best, um, but only if I'm not rushed. So I enjoy, I really enjoy that process. I find it really really therapeutic just to switch off and concentrate um I always have music playing in the background or more recently podcasts which is how I found and you so I've learned so much through listening um to other people so definitely the the sewing um for me is the best part but yeah only only if I'm not rushed and I'm not sort of stressed out about about that um so I think it is it's so therapeutic the sewing sewing side of things um yeah, second to that, sort of the designing. I love all aspects, really. I love the the social media side of it. I think the creative in the sewing is is my favourite bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I hear that from a lot of makers as well, that the making is. I mean, I guess that's the reason why you have the business, because you enjoy the process of designing and making. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. And what about some of the challenges, either sort of things that are ongoing or maybe some things that you think that people listening might be able to to learn from? I think time management is the, yeah, the the biggest struggle at the moment. Um, I've learned from sort of previous businesses, especially sort of so heavily based around social media that um, I could be better at that time management from from not scrolling um another thing I think I found tricky is 
setting prices for the products. Um, I think it's, it's so easy with sort of small businesses or creative businesses that I think if you know, if you buy from one, you're definitely getting your value for money because I think a lot of us never probably charge properly um, for our time, um, at least probably early on anyway. Um, I think it's because it's hard to get to people to understand how long it takes to, to make your product. So I do struggle with, with setting prices and I think I'm getting better as I've gone along to thinking about how long it's made you know it long it takes me to make something um so for example you know i've started my the, the bands that were in packs of three um i'm now selling those singularly just for people to maybe test out and try so they didn't have to buy the three um and that product is sort of 7.99 and it's posted for free as well um so if you consider sort of the price of the silk and then it takes me sort of 30, 40 minutes, probably from scratch, um, just to make that one small band. Um, so if you take that out, you can probably start to see that I'm probably not really charging, <laughs> charging enough. Um, and so I'm learning as I'm going on and, and making new products that I've got to start considering the time it, it's, it's taking me. So yeah, time management and setting product prices are probably the trickiest things I've found. I think that's good. Thank you very much for sharing that. But I, I think that's always going to be a, a, a struggle when you're making your products yourself, because it's um, obviously someone could buy the same thing or something similar from a factory that's knocking out loads of them and it costs them pennies. But what they're getting from you is something different because, you know, you've put all the care and love and time into it. Um, as you say, it's a challenge to get people to recognize that. It is. It is hard. And I think I can remember having a little bit of a blip and thinking, oh, why am I doing this? Because I could see so many companies setting up as silk companies and I could tell that their products were all very, very much the same. Um, and companies have contacted me as well from China and various places and, and tried to give me their price list. And you look and you think how cheap you can buy their products and think oh and it felt a bit disheartened really and thinking one why didn't I think of that but then also actually I think there are so many people now that are supportive of handmade businesses and want to support local um I just had to yeah take a, a check at my uh my my thought processes there and and realize that there are people that support handmade businesses and you just have to to find those to find those people and get across that you are they are paying for your for your time as well absolutely I mean I, I that was gonna be the next point I was going to make that while you obviously it's hard not everyone sees the value in something handmade that I think there are more and more people that are seeking out good things that are handmade and want to support small businesses and go straight to Etsy or Instagram when they're looking for something rather than going to Amazon I do think that's happening more and more now and as you say I think whatever you sell it, you're not going to be for everyone because there's always going to be the people who are concerned with price the people who are concerned with quality the people who want handmade the people who want you know whatever you know that what I'm basically trying to say is that I think there's customers for everyone and um yes there'll be people who will be wanting to buy you know the, the, the one the you know the, the similar products and Chinese companies but then there are also going to be people who are going to be seeking out people like you because they really want them to be handmade and I think yeah I think there's definitely a market for everyone 
yeah it is true and it's just a mindset thing I think I was thrown by uh, a friend who sort of said oh did you realize that you can get that silk pillowcase you know here for this much <laughs> I was like well I, I can I have no idea how they're doing that but actually when they've been you know launched their businesses for sort of 20 30 years and and they have huge huge warehouses and and, and companies in in China and, and Asia, you know, I'm never going to be able to compete with those. And yeah, but I don't and think that's that. As I no. say, I think that you're looking at different customers and you definitely don't need to compete. And this is something I say to people a lot that you don't, you know, you don't need to compete on that because what you're offering is completely different. But it is, it's, it's definitely hard because. Yeah, it can. And I've, I can totally see that it can be disheartening as well. But don't be disheartened because your products are fantastic and people love them. And that's what matters. And you love it. So, yeah, it's all important stuff. Yeah, so it's all good. So um, just I have one final question that I'd love to ask before we finish, if that's OK, Nicola. And that's what would your number one piece of advice be to anyone looking to start creating and selling their own products now? Um, I think I've probably already mentioned it. I, I think it is just to really, really consider the time it takes for you to make those products. And not only that, um, to package them up as well and, you know, the whole process. So, um, yeah, I think definitely that would be my biggest tip is to consider your your time. Um, and also just to spend a little, a little bit more time than I did maybe researching. I don't think I've necessarily missed out, but... Um, it did start really quick. And I think, yeah, def definitely research as much as you can, but not to get stuck too much that you never start. I think I remember reading, I don't think it was a quote, but just a piece of information. Um, and I don't remember who from, but said something along the lines of if you're super, super pleased with everything before you start and you think everything's perfect, you've probably started too late um, and that sometimes it's best to just to just start um, and not worry that everything isn't in place first because things change and you pick those things up as you as you go along. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Thank you. And I think as you alluded to earlier as well, at whatever point you start, even if things are perfect, things will still change and things will still evolve because that's life really. So I don't think there's ever a perfect you know perfect I don't think the stars are ever really going to align and everything's going to be perfect um for any of us so I think it's good to just get going thank you and I do like what you said about research as well because that's something I say to people a lot but yeah it's also really good advice not to get in the trap of just researching researching and not actually doing because I think that's another that's mm. on the other end of the spectrum is you could spend an awful lot of time researching absolutely everything yeah, definitely. I don't think I've ever, I would have ever got started if I, you know, waited till till everything was perfect. And actually, sort of having products to sell and getting feedback from customers is probably one of the best forms of research, anyway, because it's you know it's real. That's and true. It's based on what you've actually done. Very, very true. Well, thank you so so much for all you shared today, Nicola. Where can people go to take a look at your products? Um, yeah, so my website is silkjasmine.co.uk. I'm on Instagram as Silk Jasmine UK and Facebook as Just Silk Jasmine and Pinterest as 
oh I've forgotten I think it's the other way around it's really annoying when <laughs> don't worry t- yourself don't worry <laughs> if you can't find it because what I'll do is I'll link all of this in the show notes anyway yeah. so people can find it really really easily so don't worry but I do like to ask because if anyone is listening online now they could always go and type this in and have a look but um thank you so much I really love chatting to you thank you so much for everything you've shared and for being so honest about it all I always really appreciate that so thank you well thanks for having me on it's been great oh you're welcome hi thank you so much for listening as always i would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode please do remember to rate and view the show and also most importantly subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and as a reminder i release a new episode every single friday so take care and look forward to speaking to you again then if you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.